So grateful that you're here along this journey. I hope that you tuned in for episode one to find a little bit about what has brought me to this moment. And now episode two is pretty fun. These are the 10 courageous acts that I have done over the past 10 years. Why am I sharing this? Because my lens of working with women, inspiring other women, creating this community is through that of courage. All of us tapping into and defining our own definition of courage. And as I dive deeper into that, it has helped me reflect back on some of the most, what I used to think were monumental moments, but in reality are some of the most courageous courageous things that I have ever done. Are you ready? Welcome to the Living Courageously podcast. This is a place where women can really connect with themselves through the lens of courage. What does courage mean to you? What does it look like to live a courageous life? What does it mean to turn these dreams and these thoughts and these visions into these lived experiences and these realities? I'm your host, Ashley Strong-Smith. In this lifetime, I've been blessed to continuously live through a place of courage, turning my dreams into realities and truly experiencing a life that is far better than I could have ever imagined. My greatest inspiration is bringing the very tools, rituals, practices, and tangible resources to you alongside the courageous women that you'll meet here. Ultimately building a community around women choosing courage over fear, creating their dream lives. In episode one, I alluded to some of the things that I have done, but I didn't really get into the details of it. So today, what I'm going to do is share what I did and the details of it and what about that was courageous from my definition. So remember, the beautiful thing about this space and this journey is that each one of us get to define what our definition of courage is. Remember that. Tap into that. Number one. I minored in Africana studies at California State University, Long Beach. Why is this courageous? Because I took one, what was supposed to just be a general education course that I did as a general African history class, ignited this immense love and passion for really getting to dive deeper into and understanding truth behind African history. Because the truth is African history just isn't in Africa. It is the roots that take you back to Africa. It is the roots in the United States. It is the roots that then influence what was a huge passion of mine, still is, that of reggae music coming from Jamaica. As I made the decision for it to become a minor, I wish it was a major, never did that because I really wanted to work a nonprofit at the time. I was one of the only white women in all of my classes. That in itself wasn't courageous, but what was courageous was the way that I dove in, the way that I stood up, the way that I really honored my journey and my truth and engulfed and involved myself and educated myself as much as I possibly could to have debates and conversation with people who are black in America and who are African American and are from Africa. 
At the time, I didn't see it as courageous. I was just following my heart and intuition. As I reflect, I see the courage that it took to be in that space. And I'm even more grateful. I had a very dear friend of mine named Gabrielle, goes by Gabby, who even through the process had asked me if I would want to walk in black grad with her. If you're not familiar, what happens, or at least what happened at my college, is they have... um, Graduation date set for each department. So it's like the business gets one, the nursing school gets one, the whatever it may be, the English department, they all get their own day and time for graduation, but also they have ethnic graduations and one of which was black grad. And so I was so proud. I walked as the only white woman across that stage and black grad. And it was truly one of the most inspirational, motivational, and what I now see as courageous acts to really stand in my truth and honor who I was and where I was in that journey. And even more exciting and like I'm Gabby is now a lifelong friend is I had someone see me fully for me to be seen is one of the greatest gifts of this lifetime we all want to be seen we all want to be heard number two I applied for and got accepted and taught English on Mafia Island, Tanzania, which is a small island off the coast of Tanzania, to 132 students when I was 25 years old. I lived in the village in a local family's home and truly fell in love with the culture. I was very blessed. I had someone cook all my meals. It was part of the program. And the three-year-old at the time, Raymond, who lived in that house, truly became my best friend and one of my greatest teachers and to this day still is. Why was this so courageous? Because I literally left everything that ever defined me, my job, my car, the type of house I lived in, what I wore, all of that stuff that I had used as a definition for who Ashley is, none of that mattered. I didn't have my car. I didn't care what type of house I lived in. My clothes were so different because I had to dress in a very different way because it was a Muslim environment. And so I had to cover my shoulders. I had to cover my chest. I had to really, I had to cover my knees. I had to be very mindful of what I was wearing. I had to cover my shoulders. I had to cover my knees, but none of that mattered. While being there, people really wanted to get to know me and it created this space for me to want to get to know me. I fell in love with the Ashley that you're getting to experience today. Number three, while living on Mafia Island, Tanzania, I met this South African man that I alluded to in first episode. I literally saw him all of but three times while living on that island. When I met him, I was at, so the woman that implemented the English program that I was doing, her and her husband owned and operated a whale shark conservation camp that Dan was running. One afternoon, I went with my local family because we wanted to go swim to this place where we were invited. I had put my stuff up top and then we all went down below and were playing in the water. And I, of course, wanted to come back up and get my camera. I come back up to get my camera and Dan is sitting there. And with his accent, he just goes, hello. And my heart melted and I knew I was in trouble. So I saw him again, like a week later, I was in my local village. I just had lunch and I was sitting on the porch of Mama Dixon who made all of my meals. And all of a sudden I see this Bajaji driving by. And so Bajaji is like, they're known as tuk-tuks. They're basically like three wheeled vehicles. Um, And I just saw this white man 
in the Bajaji. On this island, there's maybe like seven white people. Um, it is a very like locals only rural island. And I immediately noticed that it was Dan, but I couldn't remember his name. So all of a sudden I start jumping up and down, waving my arms in the air. And I'm like, Jumbo, 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 which means hello in Swahili. And then of course the Bajaji just keeps driving. And Pateza, who was the driver at the time, had turned to Dan and said, Rafiki, Rafiki, which means friend, friend. And Dan said, well, then back up. Let me go see who it is. So all of a sudden, this tuk-tuk starts backing up. And Dan's like, oh, hi. And I'm like, hi. So we totally exchanged numbers. And that night was one of his friend's birthday. And so they were going to be celebrating off the coast of my island I was on. It was an even smaller island called Chole Island. And they were going to be having drinks and birthday cake and all of that stuff to celebrate a friend's birthday. And he invited me over. So... I made the decision and went over and we hung out that night. Literally, he did not leave my side. He walked me to the bathroom. He ensured that I had a drink in my hand. So since it was another island, he drove the boat to bring me back to my island. He even like went with me in a tuk-tuk to bring me back to my village. And we talked like we had known each other our entire lives. We said goodnight. And then literally the next day, he was going back to South Africa for just over a month. And I had just over a month left of my teaching program. So he went back to South Africa. We had a little bit of communication. And then he literally was getting back to the island to then work um, at a treehouse lodge three days before I was supposed to leave. So he was like, why don't you come to the treehouse lodge right before you leave? I, of course, said yes. And that treehouse lodge, my goodness, it was just, it, it really was like a Tarzan and Jane type of moment. Oh, it was just glorious. We literally spent the night making love in a treehouse and just really connecting with one another. And then the next day he put me on the little ferry and off I went, not just back to my island, but I was catching a plane that day to go back to mainland Tanzania and then to go travel around to Zanzibar for a little bit. So we definitely stayed in contact and then I got to the States. And when I got to the States, I literally was like, okay, I spent all of but three days with the South African man who I'm like, what was that? It was a whirlwind of just absolute love. And I messaged him on Facebook. I finally had the courage and I said, what was that? Was that a fling? Like, do you like me? Like, I really like you. What is this? And his response was, will you be my girlfriend? Halfway across the world, not knowing when we would ever see each other again. And so we spent the next eight months building a relationship over WhatsApp, FaceTime, Facebook, all of the the communication pieces, um, really getting to know each other. And then I went and spent an entire month in South Africa. Now he is my husband. We've been together for a decade and we have a three-year-old daughter. So you can imagine what happened in between. That then leads me to number four. I got engaged to that very South African man and we spent three and a half years working on his K-1 fiance visa to come to the United States. If you are not familiar with the visa process to get to the United States, it is extremely complicated, expensive, and lengthy. We thought it would only be a few months and he would be over here. That was not the truth. So something we learned throughout the process is once you apply for one visa, you cannot apply for another visa. So since we had applied for his K-1 fiance visa, we couldn't even apply for a visitor's visa for him to come to the States. While we awaited his visa to get approved to come to the States, I literally, I would be in the States for six months, South Africa for three months. The States for six months, South Africa for three months. 
It was beautiful, but very long. Why I am so grateful for it and why this is so courageous is one, I trusted in the process. Two, he trusted me in the process. Three, we worked for the same thing. But four, it really created this beautiful foundation of which we have been able to blossom from, which is that of communication. We had to learn how to communicate and stay connected in a very non-traditional way because we didn't have the opportunity to just be with one another. We had to get creative. That brings me to number five. I spent three years off and on living around the world teaching English, teaching yoga, falling in love, and traveling. I went from Tanzania, traveled all around Tanzania, back to the States, then to South Africa, South Africa to Costa Rica, Costa Rica back to South Africa, South Africa to Tanzania, Tanzania back to South Africa, and then South Africa back to the States, from the States back and forth to South Africa four additional times. And that was all while we awaited Dan's visa. Number six, I started my photography business, Ashley Strong Photography, in 2015 without ever having experience and exposure to being an entrepreneur, to running a business, and I literally gave it absolutely everything that I had. I had a $700 in my bank account, a car that barely worked, I was inhabiting my parents' guest bedroom, and I literally spent day in and day out building this business that literally became something beyond my wildest dreams. In 2018, I became a corporation. I went on to winning dozens upon dozens of features and publications, um, receiving over hundreds of five-star reviews on multiple platforms. Why was this courageous? Because I did something I had never done before or even been exposed to. I knew and felt with all of my heart that is what I was meant to be doing. Number seven. This is a fun one. I was so blessed to be able to live out my dream birth to my daughter, Orion Terry Smith. What was this? It was an all-natural, unmedicated birth. It was 24 hours of labor with four hours of pushing that was absolutely grueling. And yes, there were multiple points where I wanted to give up, but I knew, and thankfully with my support team, my amazing doula Erin and my husband Dan, that I was able to do it and my daughter came into this world safely, both of us completely unmedicated. Truly a dream. Number eight, I ran my first half marathon in just under two, or excuse me, just over two hours during the pandemic when my daughter was just one years old. Why this was so courageous was because I had never run long distance like that in my life. I'd always been a runner, but I'd never run anything to that extent. And I was having panic attacks and just really bad anxiety at the time. And what I did was one day after another blow up and episode and anxiety attack, I just went into my room and I started writing. I started writing everything that had been going on with me, why I was feeling this way, where all my energy was going. And I had realized in the process I was not taking care of myself. I was doing nothing to fill back up my cup. And so I needed to do something 
And I wanted to do something that was a bit extreme for me and that was different and a goal that I could work towards. And so I spent three months training to be able to do this half marathon. I did it completely on my own and my goal was to run from our apartment in San Clemente all the way to the beach. And that's exactly what happened. And my husband and daughter were waiting for me at my finish line. What I, the, even though it wasn't a like defined race, um, I knew where I would be finishing based out on mapping it. And what has been so courageous about this too, is it's now helped me create a ritual where I run a half marathon at the beginning of every year. So this year at the beginning of the year, I completed a half marathon here in the mountains at 6,200 feet elevation. And my intention and goal is to do it every single year from here on out. Number nine, we bought a house in May of 2021 where we moved from the beach where we've always been. Well, Dan was at the, in the beach in South Africa, but we both grew up on the coast next to the beach and we made the decision to move up to the mountains. And truly, it was one of the most courageous acts we have made as a family because we it was it was a very defining moment where we knew that we needed to do this for us as a family for our values for our growth for where and how we wanted our daughter to grow up so we are now living in a place that is 6200 feet elevation surrounded by trees we literally hear the sounds of nature constantly there are dozens of types of birds right outside our window it really is so majestic why we moved up here was one one of mine and my husband's rules is we always want to live in a place where we'd want to vacation and this was a place where we had been vacationing a bunch and we're falling in love with and we wanted a place where we can live out all the things that we love we love hiking we love being in nature we love snowboarding we love mountain biking we love taking walks we love having really good breweries and restaurants um we love having community and connection and we have been so honored and blessed to bring that to life here in the mountains. This leads me to 10, my last and final one, where I am today. I have listened to my intuition, my guides, my teachers, the messages, the support that has been coming in to really have the courage to scale back my photography business and launch my coaching business. Why does this take so much courage and why is this on the top 10 courageous acts? Because everything I have ever known about me being an adult version of me in the United States has been as a photographer. I have owned my photography business and had this very tangible thing that I have been able to describe who I am and what I do. When you say that you're a photographer, people know what it is. When you say you're a wedding photographer, they really know what it is. Moving into courage coaching is a lot more abstract. It is not this concrete thing that people can hold on to and truly can understand just by saying you're a courage coach. Identifying that, understanding that, stepping into that and sharing it, I think has made me feel alive again. As I mentioned in a way, I haven't felt alive like this since I lived in Tanzania. 
It has been so courageous for me to really honor saying that I never want a burnt out year again. For years on end, I had ended the year completely exhausted, disconnected, burnt out, living in a way that wasn't in my highest good and and my, my like most honest truth. And I loved and love all of the exchanges I've been able to have with my photography clients. But if you're familiar with the photography industry and what it looks like during wedding season, peak wedding season, and then becomes peak holiday season, I literally would be shooting anywhere from six to 12 things in one week, driving hours upon hours to make that a possibility. This time last year, I promised myself I would never do that again. And here I am living out my promise, turning a dream into reality. I am now in a space where I have more time to be with my family, more time to discover and explore this personal development and growth and how I am being in exchange and sharing with the world. I have more time to coach other women to really share what I have done to bring these very acts time and time again into life, living a life of courage, turning my dreams into to reality. My goodness, you made it to the end of episode two. Thank you so much for being here. I am truly honored to have you in this community and in this space and would love to hear from you. What does courage mean to you? And what are some of your most courageous acts? Please either comment below, send a message to hello at ashleystrongsmith.com. Again, that's hello at ashleystrongsmith.com. And tune in next Tuesday for the next episode.